0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Mark the 16th chapter. Hallelujah. Mark the 16th chapter. We're going to share something this morning. And again, I'm always inspired when I go down to prayer, and my precious wife we are one in the flesh and that she is sharing literally things that I'm going to be preaching today. And she had no idea at all what I was sharing. She never asked me and I never said anything to her. But in the book of Mark, the 16th chapter, Jesus, before he ascended to the father, he gave some instructions to the disciples. But before we read that, how many are grateful today that Jesus saved you from your dead life? And brought salvation into your life. It's something you should express on a daily basis to the Lord. That, uh, <laughs> you know, I love some of these songs. I don't know. I'm so glad that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And that if we fall, hallelujah, he'll pick us up and help us go again. Can I have an amen? amen. Just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that that's the end of your Christian life. You just keep loving God and serving him and keep a tender heart, a repentant heart towards him, and he'll continue to bless your life. Amen. So many of you, praise God, because you're saved, you've, 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 you've just enjoyed uh, the things of God. Uh, enjoyed the revelation knowledge you get from his word. You've enjoyed answered prayer. Hallelujah. You've enjoyed God's protection and his provision in your life. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. All of us have been there and have enjoyed that. And yet, yet on the other hand, we have, we have family We've got, uh, literally, um, we have siblings, we've got family, we've got sons and daughters, we've got uh, neighbors, co-workers, and uh, uh, people around us, a neighborhood that don't know the Lord. And, uh, and God is uh, holding us responsible to not only pray for the, array, you know, when Jesus said go into all the world, uh, it, it, it didn't mean somewhere in Africa, it means your neighborhood. It means simply the, the place you do business. Come on, come on, everyone. The place where you just uh, 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 you know, visit every once in a while. And, and, and be open to God because God wants you to uh, bring the hope of salvation to those that don't know the Lord. Amen. Will you stop? We still sing a song that says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Isn't that a good song? We sing these songs and we don't even know what we're singing. And so preparation, uh, listen, preparation comes in different ways. Preparation comes in the heart of a sinner by just being open to God because his life is miserable and he's searching for an answer. On the other hand, he'll never know that answer unless God has someone to send to tell him who the answer is. A lot of people don't go to God because they've already visited religious churches and they've sang about God, they talk about God. But they don't know the Lord in, in, in their hearts. And so therefore, uh, that environment to where they are is lifeless. And, and until they get into an environment where the Spirit of God is moving, the, the, that seed of redemption will lie dormant in their hearts. And so we have a job to do. Say, so I have a job to do. In the Mark 16th chapter, again, Jesus is about ready to leave. And here's what he said to the disciples. Go ye, two-thirds of God's name is go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Of course, we know that the word gospel means what? Everybody say it. What does the word gospel mean? It means good news, not bad news, good news. And what is good news about the gospel? The good news is that Jesus loves sinners. Yes. Amen. Yes. Jesus loves the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, trusts, and relies on, and adheres to, thats what the Amplified says, shall be saved, shall receive eternal, everlasting life. And, um, and I'm glad for that. Hallelujah. So God loves sinners. Say, God loves sinners. He really does. He shed his blood for sinners, died and rose again for sinners, and, and, and then chose these 11 or 12 disciples right off the bat when he started his earthly ministry. He compelled them. He commanded them to go and let the world know that Jesus uh, loved them and uh, wanted to save them. In verse 15, it Amplified it says, go into all the world, preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature. And I like this amplified, of the whole human race. He who believes, who adheres to, trusting and relies on the gospel, and him whom it, is sets, uh, whom it sets forth and is baptized will be saved. And I like this, from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to, trust, and rely on the gospel, and him whom it sets forth will be condemned. Um, I was... Um, uh, uh, we were yesterday over at Vicky's um, sisters having Thanksgiving with them, and uh, uh, th- their neighbor, their, their neighbor right to the beside them, uh, is uh, uh, he was actually raised in this church as a little guy, and loved Jesus, and his mother always brought him, dad never came, and um, and always brought him, and and uh, um, of course later on, son became like father. You know, stop going to church. In fact, I and again, I'm not judging anybody. It's just be careful that you don't move too far away because that, I'd see him at some of the storm games and he'd be just loaded, inebriated. I'm talking about son. And it's so sad because it's not something that God called him to be. Come on, everybody. That's not, wasn't, that wasn't his destiny. And uh, But because he, did, he he failed to have the spiritual leadership in his life because mama can't be the spiritual leadership in life as effective as daddy can. And so uh, anyway, yeah, his dad just this couple of days ago Uh, had a massive heart attack and died. Now, again, I'm not his judge. All I'm simply saying is that, boy, the first thing that came to my mind was, was he ready? Because you have to be ready for eternity. Don't gamble on that. That is, uh, I mean, that would be horrific to not have prepared yourself for such an event. And I think uh, dropping dead of a heart attack is a tremendous way to go. I mean, better than... Uh, Yeah, we're going out in the rapture. I'm just simply saying that is better than laying in the hospital for nine months and withering from cancer. I was just trying to make a point. But what if he wasn't ready? Then it would have been better if he didn't have cancer for nine months and get prepared. Anyway. Okay. So, Jesus said... Jesus commanded them. It wasn't a suggestion. And verse 17 says, this is the God's word translation, these are the miracles signs that will accompany believers. So these signs, how many believers do we have here today? Come on, raise your hand, believer. Okay. These signs, the Bible says, uh, will accompany the believers. They will use the power and authority of my name. I love that. Uh, to force demons out of people. They will speak with new languages. They will pick up snakes, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Now, again, I, I don't understand the whole thing about the snakes. All I know is that when Paul was on that island, uh, he was shipwrecked, uh, and they ended up on an island with a whole slew of tribal people that weren't saved. And as he's warming up by fire, a snake came up out of that fire and bit him in the arm. He just shook that sucker off and continued to preach. And everybody freaked out because it was a poisonous snake. And nothing happened to Paul. The whole, the whole tribe got saved. Come on. Is that awesome or what? Amen. So anyway, he says it goes on and says, he who does not believe. Oh, no, excuse me. And, and that was that they will place their hands on the sick and cure them. But I, the reason I, wrote, I read this translation is because I like this phrase. They will use the power and authority of my name. What is is the name of our Savior? Jesus. Can everybody say the name? Yeah, it's Jesus. That's his name. Jesus means, it comes from the Hebrew word uh, Joshua, Jehoshua, deliverer. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name. The word Christ means the anointed one of God. So we had, God sent us a deliverer anointed by God. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And um, when I read that, I thought about, This statement, I just talked to somebody who was in the military, and they said that military chaplains are not allowed to share or promote the name of Jesus in public or in private unless the one they're counseling brings it up. Now, isn't that something? The name which is above every name, and they can't preach that name. And I thought, I wonder when that law is going to transition into the public of uh of the society of this nation it possibly could happen uh, uh, yeah why because it happened in the first century church acts 4 Read, look at this what should we do with these men the uh, religious people said they asked each other we can't deny that they have performed miraculous signs. everybody in Jerusalem knows about it but to keep them from spreading their propaganda, propaganda any further we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus name again So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus Christ. So when you're at a restaurant, they say, Almighty God. People get religious, you know, and they pray, but they don't use the name of Jesus or they say in his name. Whose name? Allah's? Whose name? Buddha? Whose name? Tell me whose name? Amen. Amen. Jesus. Amen. You know why? Because that name convicts people. Just the name convicts people. Just the name makes demons nervous inside of people. Just speak in that name. Speak it again. Jesus. Amen. It is the name above every name. John, uh, Jesus even warned the followers in his day. He said this as he went along, he saw a blind man, a, mind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sins, sinned, said, said Jesus. And I love that. Because we always think somebody sinned, you know, something went wrong in your life. Well, somebody sinned. No, not necessarily. He said, neither parents or this man. But this happens so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. In what way? Keep him blind? No, heal him. I said heal him. That would display the power of God. Come on, everyone. As long as it is day, watch this. As long as it is his day, and it's, he's not talking about 24-hour period. As long as it is his day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. So there's a day coming, he says. There's a, there's, there, there, the day is now, but there's a time coming when night's going to enter. That means spiritual darkness is, gonna become, uh, uh, is, gonna, is going to literally overtake the light. And I think that probably will come in the church's rapture. That's gonna be a mess. So, anyway, back to the blind man. Having said this, he, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva. I love this. And he put it on the man's eyes. And he said, Go, he told them, wash in the pool of siloam. You know what that word means? It means scent. Wash in the pool called scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Amen. See, this, this man spiritualized would have never been opened without a sent one. See, Jesus was sent into the world. This man would have remained blind if the sent one would, have been, would not have come. And I asked the Lord about that. What does that mean? He, spit, he took clay, he took dirt, spit in it, made some uh, dirt balls and shoved them in his eyes. And I believe the Holy Spirit said to me, that's man. We are of the clay, and God cannot heal people and set them free without a vessel to flow through. That's what he's saying there. That's exactly what he's saying. So as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. As long as the church is in the world, we are the only ones that are the light of the world. Do you understand that? That's why I thought about the disciples. Do you know, they were willing to think about this, kids. They had families. The disciples were married. They had children. And yet, they saw the value of the gospel so precious that they were willing to die to preach it, die to propagate it, go to prison, be beaten. I mean, it's amazing what the, how they valued redemption. And we wet in our pants when we just say Jesus in public. Well, maybe not, but where it depends and you'll be safe. Anyway. <laughs> Paul said this in Romans. Look at here. 13. The night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop or fling away the works and deeds of darkness and let's put on the full armor of light. Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day. He's just simply saying, how do you operate behind the scenes? How do you operate when you're alone? He says, live your life as if you were completely exposed. And everybody can see everything you say, everything you think, and everything you do. That's how he's telling you that. Because... If we live that way, serving God, loving God, committed to Christ, then his nature will come out of us and will shed light on the darkness. And everybody say amen to that. Amen. It's true. So he said, um, he said live, uh, uh, let, let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day, not reveling or carousing and drunkenness, not in immorality and debauchery, that is sensuality and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but clothe yourself. You, that is you. You have the responsibility. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ or with his anointing and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its evil desires. So he's simply saying, man, put on the armor of light. I mean, it's dark in the world. And the only thing that the only hope they have is if you walk, if you're walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, this is where I wanted to share and we'll just wind this all together. Paul, writing to the church, said this, but all things, all things, and I put here, all things spiritually having to do with man's eternal welfare are from God, who through Jesus Christ Reconciled us sinners to Himself, received us sinners into favor, brought us sinners into harmony with Himself, and gave to us former sinners the ministry of reconciliation. She's saying about that Jesus is our reconciler. Watch this. That by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with Him. Now it was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them, and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration uh, to favor. Can you imagine how many people would come to the Lord if they knew that God favored them? I mean, favor them just exactly the way they are right now. Favor the prostitute. Favor the pedophile. Favor the homosexual. Favor the greedy, the covetous. Come on. God loves them. No, He don't love the sin. That's why He died on the cross, but He loves them. If He didn't, you wouldn't even be here today. That's what I'm grateful for. The word reconcile means restore friendly relationships between, cause to coexist in harmony, make or show to be compatible. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And the world around you, your neighborhood, your friends, your family, your co-workers, will never know the goodness of God unless you're being willing to be sent. Say, I'm a sent one. You are. Amen. We used to sing a song, put it, put it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Remember that? Yeah, just a put it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. How's it start? This light, yeah, this light, I knew I'm missing something. This little (laughs) little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, huh? Did you want to come up and sing a special, Ella? Okay, that was your break right there. It's an open door. Now, in 2 Corinthians 4, the previous chapter, Paul wrote this. If our gospel be hid, or that word means covered up, it is said to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, for we preach, now watch this, we preach, I think this is a problem today in our society, that we preach ourselves more than we preach Christ. Oh yeah, I am so blessed, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, man, my life is blessed. Who cares about, no, the sinner doesn't want to care about you, he wants to, he wants to know if someone can change their lives. He said, we, we don't preach ourselves. We preach Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give, not keep, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And watch this. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Watch this. So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Can I have an amen? is that beautiful? So God is not looking at you and saying, oh, you are not qualified to preach. No, if you're a child of God, you carry his anointing. You carry his presence. Come on, you carry his grace. You carry his compassion. You carry his mercy because it's something that you experience every day as a believer. There's nobody that qualifies to bring people the good news of God's goodness uh, than you are because you experience it on a daily basis. He goes on and says, Chapter 5, verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal, as it were, through us. An ambassador is an official envoy, especially a high-ranking diplomat who represents a state and is usually accredited to another sovereign state or to an international organization as the resident. So it's amazing. We we are ambassadors for Christ, whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's where we work, whether it's where we shop, or whether it's around the world, we are ambassadors of Christ. And listen to me. Any nation that sends an ambassador to another country, I'm telling you, that ambassador, he worries, unless Hillary Clinton's in office. He don't worry about his uh, protection. He, He take, I'm sorry, she dropped the ball. Four men murdered because of her disgusting leadership. Sorry, that's how I feel. I vented that. I'm okay. All I'm saying is that, yeah, ambassadors never have to worry because the, the government that they represent will take care of them. Listen, you're of the kingdom of God. He's going to take care of you amen. if you if you are an ambassador for him. Can I have an amen? amen. It reminds me of Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom. Be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And then all the things the Gentiles seek after will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what he says. I believe the Lord, don't you? Yes. I'm going to go to Acts real quick. Acts and I will do one story here and then we'll... Wind this up. Acts, the ninth chapter, we're talking about being reconcilers for God, uh, being sent ones for God, and uh, why? Because it's so important for the event that we have coming up. I am believing for 500 souls to be saved, and listen, that's literally, that is really not hard. We've had an average of 150 every, every Christmas. There's no reason we shouldn't have 500 in three services, but the only way we'll have them is if you bring them. If you get your cards out there and hand them out, I don't even know if we have, yeah, get them out there in the guest center and hand them out. I've already handed out like 30 of them. And I, I, listen, I think I have about 20 out of the 30 coming. I mean, I'm excited about it, praise God. Amen. Acts, the ninth chapter. I'll show you an example of a courageous, a, a, a courageous ambassador for Christ. Chapter nine, verse one and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues where he was going to the synagogues what for he said that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women or the Christ Christ people he said he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem now you remember Paul was the apostle Paul was the one who instigated the death of Stephen they stoned him to death I mean, can you imagine that? They, they stoned him to death. I mean, I'm sure the church was, I mean, probably half the church was cursing Saul and half of them were praying for Saul. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Hallelujah. And he fell to the earth. I'm so glad that God can get your attention. And the Bible says, they heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And um, uh, there's, uh, the Amplified says, Oh, well, let me finish. And he said unto him, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm, the, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Uh, the Amplified says, it is dangerous and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goyd or to offer vain and perilous resistance. I mean, he, he really believed he was doing the will of God. So, and he trembling, I love this. Boy, God can humble you. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, (coughs) he saw no man. But they led, see he was blind. And what did that signify? God was showing him just how spiritually blind he was. That he'd been really thought that he was focused on the will of God, and he was he was an enemy of God, and so he was blinded, couldn't see a thing, and and um, uh, Saul rose from the earth. His eyes were open uh, when his eyes were open. He saw no man, but they led him, and to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Just again, three days. Why wow. Jesus Jesus uh, was in the grave three days. Hallelujah! But he raised from the dead. Can I have an amen? And and there were certain. Uh, a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And he said, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prays. I love Ananias. And, and, and what is he, he has seen a vision, uh, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And I'm sure Ananias thought, well, I'm sure there's quite a few Ananias in Damascus. Could you call on another one? <laughs> then Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard by many that this man, how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And there he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, "Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how blessed his life will be, how prosperous his life will be, how victorious his life will be. I will show him great things. He must suffer for my name's sake." Ananias went his way and entered. No, I love Ananias. What a what a Holy Ghost guy! Entered into the house, putting his hands on him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then Saul, uh, Saul was certain days of the disciples, which are at Damascus. Watch this, verse 20. And immediately he preached Christ in the synagogue. <laughs> yeah! You talk about conversion? Can you imagine stepping into the synagogue? All the blood drains out of the faces of those who see Saul. I'm serious. I mean, I had that kind of conversion. I'm telling, I was thinking about, you know, when we were first saved, Vic, I don't know what she thought of me, but um, I put on my truck. I had a Mayflower truck. I put it right in front, right on the front of the truck. Are uh, you confused? Hurting, lonely. What, what did I say? Yeah, are you confused, lonely, or hurting? Try Jesus. That was so exciting. I was an extremist for Jesus. Amen. Glad you're all excited about that. See, when a man changes your life, you cannot but tell people about him. I mean, I, could, I mean, yeah, I was so passionate about what God had done in my life. I, I wanted just people to know about it. How many work around people that don't know the Lord? Amen. Amen. Half of you, the rest of you must work in a synagogue. Anyway. No, y'all do. What does that mean? You have a responsibility to pray for them and wait for the Holy Ghost to tell you to share with them. Can I have an amen? That went over big. I'll keep going. Hallelujah. Amen. Guess what? What if Ananias would have refused? And the reason this is important, because there was a specific day and an hour for Saul to be prayed for. And I've told you this. I've missed opportunities. And it still pricks my heart today that I've missed opportunities to share with people when I I knew I was supposed to share with them. Especially when they die and you don't know if they were ready. And so this is serious stuff. I said, this is serious stuff. And and again, see, if if God didn't need us a vessel to send or a vessel to work in, he would have it done already. I said he had, had it done already. But just as in the early church he needed people to work through. Amen. I said amen. And see so you will never know how glorious God is until you want to be used by God because it's amazing how he can change a person's life. I'm serious. He changes people's lives. People that are corrupt, disgusting, curse and swear, talk dirty and filthy. And the only and that's the way I was. And the only reason it was it was my culture. It's how I raised. I met Vicky, she was a Holy Ghost righteous woman, and, 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 and she couldn't believe the things that were coming out of me. But I couldn't help it because that was the abnormal had become normal, and I was just expressing my culture. So when you have people like that, you pray for them. and Don't pray, oh God, get, pray God, for, God will have mercy on them. God will show us compassion and his love and kindness towards them. Amen. Say, I'm, I am a sent one. Amen. Amen, you are. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus, I mean, right in the beginning of his ministry, here's what he said to the, the disciples. This is the living Bible. You are the world's seasoning to make it tolerable. If you lose your flavor, what will happen to the world? And you yourselves will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the world's light. Come on. He's talking to you. You are the world's light, a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they, those you share with, will praise your heavenly father. I called um, Zach... uh, uh, Negabauer, who owns half of the company that we lease uh, uh, time from for the billboards and um, I, just, I just sent him a text and asked him if he in any way he could be gracious and give us uh, more time to promote the Christmas production uh, Thanksgiving service and the Christmas production and he sent back he says I will double everything I'll get about as many billboards as I can until the first of the year uh, and it'll be free isn't that awesome or what I just praise God for that amen Okay, so what am I saying? You use those billboards. You go around and tell people, McCart, have you seen the billboards? And invite people. What's the worst, What's the worst they can say? Well, yeah. But guess, you'll be shocked because as we have prayed and stood in faith for all these years to bring people into the kingdom, God's going to, again, bless this event so that it becomes the platform for God to move in the hearts of people. But they'll never, never get touched except they be here in church again, I'm hoping that we are so full of new people that many of you have to stand and back through the whole thing, because you gave up your seat. Again, well, that was exciting. Uh, Thirteen: the message Bible. Let me tell you why you're here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. I love that. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Now, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. Do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous, generous Father in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? I just love some of these tr- translations. See, you do. You bring the color of God into this world. Thank you, Lord. I won't read the story because it'll take too long. But in John, the fourth chapter, there's a story. You all know this. Please read it. It's a story about the woman of Samaria. She was half Jewish and half something else. And, of course, the Jews hated Samaritans. And the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. And so there was contention there. And she came one day to get water from a well. And Jesus happened to be there at that time. Not happened to be. He was led there by the Spirit. The reason I know that because verse 4 of John 4 says that. uh, It isn't John 4. It's the book of Acts. Acts 4th chapter, the reason we know that um, uh, Jesus, the Bible says in verse 4, I love this, I must needs go. I love that. It just, I, I, must, I must go to Samaria. I'm compelled by the Spirit to go to Samaria. So he comes to this well. It's noontime. He's tired. They, uh, he gets something to drink. Or excuse me, he, he's there. The disciples head to town to get something to eat. And and when they uh, they come back, they found that he has ministered to a woman, a woman that was so broken, she was so broken, listen, that she never thought there could be any repair for her life. She'd been married five times. She was living with number six. And what's so beautiful about that, Jesus didn't even, I mean, he didn't even address that. I mean, he said, you're living with number six. But he knew that there would be never any change in her life unless it came within. He he didn't say, you louse, what a screw up. You've been through five divorces. You ought to be a head case. There's no hope for you, you big loser. He didn't say that. He loved her. He had compassion on her. And, 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 and considered the value of her life, not by the mistakes she made, but by the one who created her. And so, so I just love his compassion. And uh, he ministers to her, tells her. About the good news. And she accepts and receives her. Receives that. And that day she was repaired. That day restoration came into her life. She went into the city to tell people. I have, I have met the master. Hallelujah. Her life was changed that day. I said her life was changed that day. And this is what I wanted to read in closing. He says. Verse 31. This is a New Living Translation. Put that up there. We'll read this. Meanwhile the disciples. You, you got that up there? Uh, this is uh, 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 John 4. I said Acts, didn't I? It's John 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. It was noontime. They'd eaten. They brought him back a Big Mac. they said, come on, eat. And, 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 and Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then, uh, were they not heads? <laughs> and, and Jesus said, I'm sorry. We'd we'd probably do the same thing. Uh, And Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. Did you catch that? Who sent me. And and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. Oh, but I say, wake up. Wake up. Say it out loud. Amen. He said, wake up, man. And look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Already. They're white for harvest. The harvesters, now watch this. The harvesters are paid good wages. Did you catch that? He said the harvesters are paid good wages. Do you think for a moment God forgets about you when you minister to people? Not at all. You know why? Because you're doing the most valuable thing in your life. You're letting people know how good God is. Isn't that beautiful? He says... He said, harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people. Watch this, brought, B-R-O-U-G-H-T, brought to eternal life. You bring them, God will save them. What joy awaits both the planter and harvester alike. Now, you know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest what you didn't plant. Others have already done the work and now you will get to gather the harvest. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.